0: Hello, listeners, and Happy New Year. I'm Julia Schiefer, editor of DerivSource.com and your normal host for the DerivSource
1: podcast. Happy New Year, Julia, and to all listeners, I'm Terry Flanagan, managing editor of Markets Media and your host for the Global Trading Podcast.
0: Welcome, Terry. Now, Terry and I wanted to take a look back at some of the top podcast episodes of the year for both the DerivSource and the Global Trading Podcast.
1: Yes, it was certainly a good year for the Global Trading Podcast, had a lot of good content, and it was difficult to select only three, but we wanted to highlight some of our favorite episodes and also some of that were the timeliest or kind of the most reflective about 2022 in a way. So we have come to a a list of our favorites.
0: Yes, Terry, I completely agree that it was challenging to pick just three episodes, I'm gonna kick off with my first pick from the Deri Source Living the Trade Life Cycle podcast and looking back at the conversation I had with derivative paths Tom Lonfredio, who is the head of business development there, and Isaac Wheeler, who is their head of balance sheet strategy. Now, as we all know, the year 2022 brought rising inflation and interest rates, and of course, greater geopolitical risk and market volatility. Now, this created a very challenging environment for all of us, and particularly financial institutions who are trying to actively manage their risks. And in this episode, we discussed how banks can balance the risk and reward by analyzing the risks they take with specific customer requests, and how derivatives can play a key role in these risk management practices. So I encourage all listeners there to tune into this episode where this discussion very much focused on the challenges and opportunities that come with continued market volatility.
1: Yes, Julia, that does sound interesting. And right as you say, the macro environment with inflation and interest rates kind of ruled the day this year. So uh, that podcast sounds like it brings some good specific applications to that. One thing on the global trading side, I'd like to highlight... We had Gemma Hagen, who was director of technology at Aspect Capital, talking about the challenges and opportunities associated with the buy side modernizing its technology. And one interesting part about this, I mean, the buy side is a, a large industry with a lot of firms. They're not known as the necessarily the first moving with technology. They tend to be more conservative and a little slower moving. But if you speak with the technology vendors, of course, they would say that all the buy-side needs to modernize their technology now, but that's because they have a stake in the the game, so to speak. But it was interesting hearing from Gemma. She gave a more nuanced view. She is with the buy-side, and she says, indeed, there is a lot of technology modernization that needs to happen on the buy-side. One, I thought, very interesting aspect she mentioned is that legacy technology is not necessarily not useful. It's often associated with being not useful, too old, but she pointed out that legacy systems are often a sign of good development as they've stood the test of time. So she did point out that, you know, there are benefits to modernizing technology, but also there are some real concerns about doing so. And each buy-side firm needs to make their own decision on on doing that and kind of what mix to take, whether a, a mix of old technology and newer technology. So she really gave a good sweeping portrayal of the landscape and what side's perspectives needs to be in approaching this very complex topic of technology modernization.
0: Excellent. That's a really good podcast and such a timely topic, I think, for the beginning of the year when people are looking at their priorities and their tech spends for the next couple of years, potentially. And on the topic of legacy-saving strategies... Uh, We actually covered this in a Drift Source podcast back in November with Torstone Technologies CEO, Brian Collins. And he walked us through exactly kind of what your interviewee, what she spoke about in the sense that legacy systems do have value and you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater in modernization techniques You or strategies rather. You really want to be able to focus on what works now and what, what works well as you and Gemma pointed out, but also look at where the improvements around that could be. And and this podcast really talks about, you know, no code strategies and APIs, for instance, as one of those kind of techniques to save the legacy system that still works, but also make those improvements that you need for automation and cost reduction, in addition to that, of course. Yeah, just wanted to add that podcast because obviously it's a timely topic and especially will be for the next year. Sure. Now, I want to change gears a little bit, uh, Terry, here looking at psychology. So this is a topic that I love personally. And in this particular episode, we really looked back and did a a fairly deep dive into the connections between behavioral psychology and risk management. And in this episode, I spoke with Hirsch Sheffrin, who is the Mario L. Bellati Professor of Finance at the Santa Clara University in California. He's also an author and a pioneer generally in behavioral approaches to economics and finance. So you'll definitely find him wherever you purchase your books, etc. Now with, again, market volatility and the market risks that really have been keeping us all on our toes for the last 12 months or more. We, in this podcast, really looked at their risk management processes, and we talk a lot about some of the common psychological pitfalls like confirmation bias. That's one people often know about, but there's also excessive optimism, which could mean that risk managers or financial professionals are missing something in their overarching picture, right? So in this conversation, we explored the role of behavioral psychology, how it plays in risk management today. And he also talked a lot about some of the tools and techniques that firms or individuals can apply at an organizational level to address some of these pitfalls. So it's a little bit out there compared to what we've normally done, but then name of the podcast is "Living the Trade Life Cycle," so I feel like that gives us license to talk sure. about a, a broader a range of topics. So that was one of my top picks for this year. So that would be my second pick,
1: Terry. Yes, Julia, that does sound like like a good podcast as you describe it, and I know from my experience, it is sometimes uh, you know really interesting and helpful and beneficial to get an academic perspective you know, there's a lot of knowledge and it's not necessarily just ivory tower knowledge. A lot of these professors, senior professors have industry experience and have a lot of knowledge and have worked with industry in the past. So it's it's often helpful to get a different perspective, even if it is, it might be a little bit out there, but it can be, I think, really helpful for, for people to just get that different perspective. So I will have to tune into that podcast. Yeah, it's a great one. And next, the second one for the Global Trading Podcast that I would like to Highlight. This is one where we looked at the present and future of diversity and inclusion in financial services. And this is a very timely topic. And my two guests were Laura Atherley. She's managing director and head of APAC senior relationship management at Citi and Christine Inge. Christine is head of client solutions, prime brokerage, global markets, APAC for BNP Paribot and Really, the discussion was that they're both very senior, very accomplished, very at large and influential firms. So they have their own personal stories, and it was the podcast was a really good mix of how the industry and the the organizations, for example, City and BNP Paribas, are moving forward with diversity and inclusion, and also at how it can be approached from an individual person level in terms of changing the corporate culture, changing the mindset. So they you know, they were talking about certainly the financial industry, especially in Asia, has historically been a male-dominated industry. So that really highlights the importance of recognizing women as trailblazers and also importantly, the progress that continues to be made in improving gender diversity in the industry. Now, they made the important point that this includes not only having more women enter the industry, but also given the right opportunities, and so that they stay and move up to mid to senior level management. So that's kind of where the missing step of the ladder is sometimes because there's good numbers for women entering the industry, but not so good for retention and moving up to senior management. So that's where a lot of the focus is for improvement. And both Laura and Christine highlighted initiatives at their firms. And these include targeted recruitment, retention and development and promotion. And beyond that, they just said, emphasize the importance of changing the culture and mindset and have it not be just a matter of checking boxes and having a start kind of top down and also bottom up in terms of each individual person's mindset as to what they could do to, to improve the diversity, equity and inclusion efforts. So it was, it was a really good good podcast.
0: Well, I definitely think that's worth listening, given it's such a timely topic. And it's nice to hear that these interviewees really gave a full picture of what what they're doing internally, because I think sometimes those examples are really important for other firms and other people to get inspiration from, especially as they look at the entire career timeline. Speaking of tick boxes, we had a major deadline in our industry in collateral management of financial technology in September. And that, for all the collateral managers and compliance professionals out there, that was the phase six final phase of the Uncleared Margin Rules. And so I wanted to highlight a podcast that we ran in September, just after this deadline completed, uh, where we talked to Sean Murray, who's the CEO of Margin Reform. This is a collateral manager and post-trade consultancy based out of London. In this interview, Sean and I really talked about what's next for collateral managers. Obviously, this space, collateral management, has seen really rapid change in the last several years. This is due to, of course, regulatory rules and new changes there, but also improvements and best practice for both cleared and uncleared derivatives. So I was really thinking that any collateral managers listening today would enjoy listening to this particular podcast back in September, where we discussed how despite Regulatory change slowing somewhat in the collateral management space. This is still going to evolve really rapidly in the next couple of years. And Sean walked us through some of the top challenges that collateral managers will be facing, and that really should be focused on in 2023. And that includes data quality, for instance, which is essential for reporting and dispute management. He also talked a little bit about what's going on in different regions and really gave a good synopsis for some of the Focus points for 2023. So, given we're entering the new year, I think I wanted to really encourage people to look back at that episode if they missed it.
1: Right, sounds like a good listen for collateral managers. I don't know Sean, but it does sound uh, like it has a lot of expertise, and you covered the ground both in terms of what has happened in the current landscape, but also the outlook for. 2023. So I would also recommend that for collateral managers. Uh, So if if we can move on to just my final one, I'd like to highlight. This was a little bit of a softer topic, if you will. This was in advance of our markets choice awards, uh, US markets choice awards, which was, I, I believe this year was the 11th annual, and we have what we call the Neil DeSena Market Advocate Award. Just a very brief backstory. Neil DeSena was an e-trading pioneer, and he was also a good friend of Markets Media, and he passed away suddenly and unexpectedly in 2017 at the age of 52. And so, you know, as a tribute to Neil that year, we, Markets Media, posthumously awarded Neil the Market Advocate Award which we called to recognize his distinguished career in financial markets. Not only that, but also his positive influence on people along the way, because we really heard from everybody who knew him just what what an overall great guy he was in terms of lifting people up, helping people, being a mentor for everyone he came across within his day-to-day life. So we established the award that year, and then from then on, we called it the Neil Setter Market Advocate Award. And that went to the market professional who best embodies Neil's what we called exceptional drive, generosity, and spirit. So on the podcast, we had Neil's widow, Carolyn Cushman DeSena, and we had Rishi Nangalia, who's a close friend and former colleague of Neil and very well known in the industry. And we talked about really the personal side of Neil and the legacy of the award. It was really sort of a touching podcast at times, uh, went into Neil's story and, uh, it was excellent it was really good. it's not something you listen to for market knowledge necessarily, but it's a good listen if you want to just just hear the personal side of a markets person and the Neil descendant Market Advocate award was given to Michelle Neal, who's head of markets group for the Federal Reserve Bank of New York this past year, and you know we're looking forward to some some good candidates that we see every year and it is a special unique award in that it's not just. For what you do and accomplish in your day job, but it's that and just being an overall good quality person who leaves an important legacy on, on people beyond just a nine to five job.
0: Wonderful. Well, congratulations to Michelle Neal, but also what a wonderful award and tradition now for Markets Media and the industry to have this award and to really shown a light on the accomplishments holistically of each winner each year. It sounds like a, a very inspirational podcast, actually. I feel like a theme of our conversation today, Terry, has really been looking at some of these issues and trends holistically.
1: Yes, Julia, that is a very good observation that has been a theme of our discussions. And I'm confident that both the Source podcast and the Global Trading Podcast will continue to put out more outstanding pods in the year to come.
0: Absolutely. I hope everyone here has enjoyed uh, Terry and our conversation looking back at 2022. Of course, this is only a snapshot of the podcast that we hosted in the last 12 months. So please look back at any others that might pique your interest. And Terry, I look forward to hosting more podcasts and continuing the conversation in 2023.
1: Yes, likewise, Julia, all the best. Happy New Year to you and yours and also to all of our Listeners, I wish you nothing but the best in health and success and happiness in 2023.
0: Happy New Year. Thanks, Terry.
1: Thank you, Julie.